0: Hello and welcome to another Light Reading podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading.
1: And I'm Maggie Hallback. I'm president of Verizon Frontline.
0: Maggie, thank you so much for uh, giving us a bit of your time today because you've got uh, quite a bit on your plate uh, as we're coming up to Super, uh, as we're, we're, yeah, we're in Super Bowl week already. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl is this Sunday um, and we're recording this uh, uh, in the middle of the week. Uh, but yeah, thanks for thanks for making the time. I do appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me. I, I am excited about talking about what we're doing here today.
0: Yeah, yeah, and in, in fact, we can get right into it because I think uh, part of the the uh, you know part of the context of the big game now is everything that's happening around the big game and how we tell people about it and how we uh you know how we communicate and also how we uh you know kind of uh, mark the moment, you know, like in sharing videos and taking selfies, uh, and then getting, and then if you're a gambling degenerate like me, getting all the information, you know, from your fantasy teams and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it all, it all kind of centers around our ability to stay connected throughout the experience the entire time. So I guess the first place we ought to sort of start is, um, especially as it, as it, uh, you know, relates, uh, to the business of keeping people uh, not just connected but what uh you know what frontline does uh you know with the command center and sort of assisting uh you know emergency personnel and uh, and first responders is what kind of uh mobile network resources either temporary or permanent are you uh sort of uh, unleashing uh, for this uh Super Bowl in the Phoenix area
1: Yeah uh so I am coming to you from uh Phoenix and the Verizon Frontline Network Command Center. Um, So we have an entire staff, uh, 24 by 7, uh, with eyes on all of the infrastructure, not just in the venues, not just within the City of Phoenix, but also in the surrounding public spaces and the surrounding communities. Um, The Phoenix metro area is huge. Um, It is a very, very rapidly growing uh, community. And Verizon has a three-decade relationship with public safety in and around the Phoenix metro area. And uh, we plan these Super Bowls and the preparation literally the the minute that the host city becomes announced. And that is typically two years out. Um, and, uh, we have been at this for a long time. Um, and so we've been working to plan, uh, this for the past two years. We've spent over a hundred million dollars over the past couple of years, just in augmenting the infrastructure, uh, in State Farm Stadium, in the convention center, Um, all up and down the main corridors within the city of Phoenix, but then out into uh, more uh, suburban areas like uh, the outlying uh, areas of Glendale and Mesa and Tempe and Scottsdale and Chandler, you know, the list goes on. So it's a big geographic area and we take our responsibility very seriously in providing the best communications and capacity, and coverage for our first responders so that when you get into the big game or you're experiencing something out at NFL Live or even heading over to the Waste Management Open, you have the best experience while our first responders get a very unique experience that prioritizes their services and makes sure that when the data feeds and the calls need to go through; that they make it through.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, that is one of the things. The scale of it is always interesting to me. There's two sort of elements of the scale that you kind of outline there. The first, of course, is the Super Bowl itself: huge amount of people in a relatively small space. You know, tens of thousands of people all kind of uh, you know crammed together watching the game itself. <laughs> but all that time leading up to the game, um, for those of you listening or watching. When you're in the DFW area, if you've ever been here, it's, it's Phoenix area is very similar to that in that it just goes on forever, and you could fit entire states in the Phoenix metro area. Like you you ticked off in, uh, names of all the Chandler, Tempe, uh, Scottsdale, all the cities that are that are standalone cities that are still considered the Phoenix metro. DFW is the same way. We've got Plano, Frisco, Allen, et cetera, et cetera, and it's a it's a pretty um, a uh, daunting task, I would imagine, to not just make sure it's all adequately covered, but to make sure that that, that there's uh, you know constant sort of monitoring of that network. Um, so you've got just the the cost of just the network ass- assets themselves, you know, to augment what's already there, but uh, which is going to vary from place to place. But then you've also got um, the ability to watch over all that, make sure that the quality is high enough, make sure that the, the, the service is, is, is always on. Um, is there something that, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about the needs of first responders at an event like that and how they differ from the fans and the stands? And I, and I, I don't really mean that from a, well, duh, Phil, they're EMTs or whatever, but, (laughs) but I mean, although that is a kind of dumb question I would ask, but I also mean it from a networking resources, like what, what types of things do they need on the network that when I'm just uploading dumb videos of myself, like that, that, that aren't, aren't really that important, how does that differ from, you know, the kind of the immediacy of, uh, sort of what they require.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll actually speak about some of the uh, situations with fire and EMS. Um, so the city of Phoenix and 26 surrounding municipalities um, actually participate in an en- entire geographic partnership uh, where when you call 911 uh, with an emergency, um, the city of Phoenix and those 26 uh, jurisdictions collaborate and they will dispatch the closest unit, most available unit, or the right technology unit. That does not happen on a piece of paper and a pencil, right? That is all coming through the fact that uh, Verizon Frontline is communicating and connecting these districts together, is allowing data to transmit across these various jurisdictions to ensure that for instance, the calling number, uh, the location of the caller, we call that alley and Annie information, is making it through. Um, any kind of pertinent details, for instance, if it's an accident on the freeway, how many uh, potential injuries might be there so that they know how many ambulance to dispatch. That kind of information requires data, right? So when we think about communication, sometimes we always think about voice communication. Increasingly, and I would say to a large majority, the communication is data communication where information is being automatically downloaded onto tablets, going onto mobile mobile data terminals or command terminals that are then presenting situational awareness. It could be the diagrams to a building it could be um, the geographic location of an injured uh, person. And that information then speeds response so that not only are you getting there faster, but you're getting there with the right tools and technology on board uh, your fire vehicle or your EMT vehicle to ensure that you can be most effective in your response. So, that's just a quick example. Of how it might be a bit different than what a a fan is experiencing at State Farm Stadium.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely uh, a a different need for different kinds of network resources, and it's amazing that that uh, that they have that they have that kind of uh, access, um, and that the information, I guess, is parsed so in such a fine grained manner because it does need to like especially when you're dealing with, like I said, the scale and the size of a place like that, you know, you can't afford to make a mistake and be like, oh, uh, we forgot that. Let's go back and get, go back to the station and pick that up or whatever. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, it's life or death situations or it's potential unknown situations. So you need to, uh, you know, have it right the first time. Um, which by the way, you know, I hope, I hope, uh, you know, my, my hope for the week, uh, uh, and then a few days leading up to the, the big game is that, that nobody needs anything and that it's all just uh, nice to have. And, uh, and it goes as, you know, as smoothly as possible without a, without, without a single, uh, a single need to, to test <laughs> the capabilities in real time. Um, but, uh, but obviously there's a, uh, you know, like you said, there's a, there's a timing window, you know, two years uh, between the time the sites are announced and the time the game, uh, happens. Um, what's the, You know, investment risk from your point of view in putting all of this infrastructure in place uh, temporarily and then um, how much or does any of it sort of stay behind? In other words, uh, you know, once you kind of start investing in the network in a specific city, um, you know, how how do you decide sort of what's what's stuff that's just going to augment what's there and then what is just a, a kind of more of a capital investment that says, you know what, this needs to be better. Uh, along the way.
1: I would say that all of this is an investment in uh, the community, in this infrastructure. This is all permanent investment. Um, Okay. What we're seeing is just a dramatic change in the way that fans want to experience um, a game. So what's very interesting is, and we've seen this, as you know, we have a very long standing relationship with the NFL Um, This is not our first uh, Super Bowl run up. Um, We've been doing it for multiple years and we've learned a lot through uh, those multiple Super Bowls. At the same time, the technology is evolving, right? So just five years ago, we didn't have 5G, right? And so what we are seeing is not only changes in the way that our first responders are uh, communicating uh, back with headquarters and their command staff with each other, cross-jurisdictionally or even across agencies. You know, um, Phoenix Fire needs to communicate with Phoenix Police in order to, for instance, close roads and that type of thing. Right. Um, but we're also seeing a change in consumer behaviors and expectations. And so uh, a lot of crowdsourced information um, because everyone is carrying a very high-powered computer in their pocket nowadays. Yeah. And Uh, the uh, desire to pivot from just an inward looking event to now having it be propagated out. I want to share with my friends and family the experience I'm having at NFL Live or at a concert or at some other kind of sporting event that's the type of changes that we're seeing in the way that not only consumers are using the technology, but also the way that first responders are communicating with one another and the need to continue to augment capacity and coverage on the network. Because it's really amazing the speeds and the throughputs that you can see with some of the 5G technologies that have been deployed in and around the phoenix area and are continuing Mm -hmm. to be deployed nationally uh, for many many cities and communities to take advantage of
0: yeah at some point i've got to get um, just as a personal curiosity i've I've got to get on the other side of what frontline workers are seeing when it comes to crowdsourcing, uh, you know photos and videos from a from an event or a specific thing, because you, that that's a great point you bring out. That is that is adding uh, a very uh, valuable information, but as it's coming in, I'm sure it's needle in a haystack kind of thing because it's it's a a flood of information. Lots of people, you know, when something is happening, like say uh, somebody's having engine trouble and a car catches on fire, you get fifty people you know, sending a, up a video to it to social media, but there's no context to it at all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe somebody on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the emergency worker side of things could see that and immediately know, oh, it's this kind of fire. We need this kind of equipment, you know, something like that.
1: Well, um, so what we are seeing is, uh, with the advent of, uh, technologies like 5G, we can actually use, uh, Text to nine one one, video communication into nine one one centers, to actually provide that situational awareness. We also know over time that the amount of time it's taking law enforcement um, offices to parse through a lot of data. I'll I'll mention uh, the Boston Marathon bombing as an example. Um, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So um, it took about three days for. Uh, Boston PD to assimilate all of this social media information that they were receiving from the community. Um, we're now seeing with artificial intelligence, the ability to compress the amount of time that it's taking to sort through that data. Machines are much, much faster at being able to find signatures than human beings are combing through you know, a, a, a pi- series of pictures or video feeds. That's the type of use case where you actually see time to resolution of an incident really shortening much, much more rapidly with this new technology. Because you have higher bandwidths that support things like video, you have the ability to do processing of this data at the edge of the network, so much, much closer to where the actual data resides. And then being able to provide insights back into dispatch centers, back into investigative investigative units, so that right. they can then take that information and be much, much quicker and more agile yeah. in their response.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, uh, you know, and I want to circle back to one more point uh, uh, before, before I let you go, which was the point of, you know, thanks to Frontline and other, uh, you know, kind of, communications efforts by uh, by Verizon, your, your EMT from Mesa can now communicate seamlessly with, uh, le- let's say, the Phoenix Sheriff's Department or something like that. Whereas in the past, we know that had been always a sticking point with first responders and law enforcement. They were on, let's say, two different radio uh, manufacturers' frequencies or the end network was was owned by this guy, and then their their network was owned by somebody else. Um, how how you know has, has it been a, a long time coming that that that, that sort of uh, seamless communication is sort of uh, uh, possible, or or you know do we still have do we still have some ways to go? Like what what what's where is it in kind of the uh, you know is, what's the sort of status update for uh, interdepartmental communication? Because I know that. I know that the, the being the kinds of uh, you know agencies they are, they're they're very um, protective of their turf and very competitive with one another naturally, um, but but they also are uh, necessarily cooperative, you know, on a on a on a grand scale. Um, how do you guys you know sort of uh, play on both sides of that at the same time?
1: Yeah, uh, they, the Phoenix area is a real um, best-in-class kind of cooperative mm. and collaborative environment. Um, it's actually Maricopa County Sheriff um, and then uh-huh. the city of Phoenix chief uh, for police. Um, right. And the partnership with the 26 jurisdictions that have this kind of mutual aid, it does require a change in the way that you actually set up your business processes. So all of these uh, public safety uh, agencies have processes and protocols and policies that they follow. And what, what this Phoenix metro area has been able to accomplish is really a type of collaboration that I would characterize as best in class. And many other communities aspire to do the exact same thing. But what's exciting is... We've been able to prove in partnership with these agencies that it can be done, that it does speed response, that it ensures that you don't have misdirected uh, fire trucks or uh, misdirected ambulances. It really creates a single pane of glass for emergency professionals in the valley area to respond to whatever uh, nature of, of Uh, emergency that you might have. And so what I would say is the technology is keeping pace with the goals and objectives of many of these first responder communities across the United States. Verizon has the opportunity to partner with over 30,000 agencies across federal, state, and local uh, first responder communities. And we take that very, very seriously. Um, We are the kind of communications partner that actively listens. We learn from incidents. We plumb that back into our technology solutions and our roadmaps so that we're always trying to improve the experience for our first responders. So we're really excited about what we've done here in Phoenix. We think it will showcase Phoenix and the Phoenix metro area in a really, really positive light whether it's leading up to Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, people are going to want to keep coming to the Phoenix metro area because it's going to be such a fantastic experience.
0: Yeah. The early reporting, um, thank you for that. Cause the the early reporting is that, um, you know, people, especially media people that are there that I follow are, are having a good time. (laughs) They are finding it easy to get around and stay connected. (laughs) They're not complaining about not being able to file their stories and, you know, and get, and get to their stations on time and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is a thing too, is that the the feedback's instantaneous nowadays, you know? So it's like, as soon as, as soon as you get to a host city and things are, eh, you know, things are not, not working out so well, you, you tend to hear about it, uh, uh, you know, Multiple times a day on the on on the run up to uh, uh, to a big event like that. Well, again, I wish you uh, tons of luck. Do you have any uh, particular uh, rooting interest in this game? Uh, is it just you're just rooting that the network stays up and everything else can well, can do whatever?
1: <laughs> I, I am definitely rooting for my team here in the Verizon Frontline Network Command Center. These yep. men and women are totally committed. They are working 24 by 7. They are uh, committed to making sure our first responders get the quality communication capability that they need. But they're also committed to the fans and making sure that the NFL and the city of Phoenix demonstrate that this is a great venue with a great place to come. So that's who I'm going to be rooting for. That's
0: who you're rooting for. That's fair enough. As long as you didn't say Eagles, I'm cool with that. So uh, very good. Uh, all right, uh, Maggie Hallbach, thanks so much. I knew I would get myself in trouble. I could just couldn't resist. I was going to, man, and now my my inbox is filling up that's right, right. right now. <sighs> all right. Uh, well, Maggie Hallbach, thanks so much for uh, for doing what you do and for uh, appearing on our podcast. I do appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you, Phil. appreciate you having me.